You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 67. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 67. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. How are you doing? How are you holding up? Crazy times. I, I'm doing well. Just, I noticed I only cry on cloudy days. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm just getting like the monotony of life is getting to me. I miss the variety. Like everything in my life is good. Everyone's happy and healthy and work is awesome. I love that I can still connect with y'all, but I miss variety and I miss like looking forward to things like traveling and vacations and seeing family. I kind of miss uh, forward anticipation. What do you guys miss? solitude, serenity, (laughs) peace. I don't know. What do you guys miss? Uh, It's some crazy times, but I'm glad to hang out with you and I'm glad you can still carve out time to listen to a podcast because it's some tricky times. Today, we are answering a question from Lauren who wants to know, well, she says, I'm not making the most of this time. And so we're going to talk about that today. But before we get started with that, I want you to know that this week we're doing a super mom challenge, which is it's a little challenge I designed for moms who are feeling lost and overwhelmed. Like they don't feel like they have any time for themselves. And it's a little baby step, a little 15 minute journal exercise that you do every day where it just helps you reconnect with who you are, what you want, what you miss, you know, just getting you back in the habit of paying attention to you. And we're doing it all together in the Super Mom is Getting Tired Facebook group. So I will be doing a live video every day this week. And so even though this is coming out, you know, it's after it started, you can still go to sign up at lifecoachingforparents.com slash challenge. And you can join in, you can see the former videos and catch up and get started at your own pace. So if you're feeling lost, overwhelmed, please join us there. But today we're going to answer this question. Dear Tori, I'm struggling during this coronavirus quarantine, and I don't know why. In some ways, it's a dream come true. I'm getting paid the same while having reduced work hours, less responsibility, and no commute. The first week or two, I really enjoyed it. I got to have stress-free time with my kids, less rushing around, and no guilt. I'm doing the same things during week three, but it's not feeling good anymore. I see people posting pictures of their newly planted gardens, clean closets, and creative homeschool projects, and I feel like I'm not making the most of my time. I want to be grateful for this break and look back on this time and feel proud of what I accomplished, but right now I just feel lazy. How can I get myself unstuck and off the couch? I really want to feel productive again. Okay, so I thought we would start by talking about the polyvagal theory. (laughs) So 
this is my parent education answers, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of background information. The polyvagal theory is a new way to look at the autonomic nervous system. So this question just sounds like, I want to get off the couch, I feel lazy, and I want to be more productive. But what I'm hearing in this question it has to do more with our nervous system. So the autonomic nervous system involves your heart rate, your breathing, digestion, things that are automatic, not within your control. The job of this autonomic nervous system is to keep you alive. Well, neuroception is the word we use to describe how we perceive our environment. Our brains are constantly evaluating whether people and situations are safe or dangerous. When you meet someone, your body decides if you like them or not before your brain does, really. It's like your body just has an instant reaction. That's what we call our instinctual response of like, oh, you know, he's either creepy or charming. Your body knows before your brain can tell you why you like that person or dislike that person. It's just an instinctual reaction. Neuroception is how your brain interprets your child's behavior. So if you look at your child's messy room and you think, oh, this is typical, then your brain doesn't go into fight or flight. If you look at your child's behavior and think this is disrespectful, then your brain can go into this fight or flight response. If you ask your kid to turn off the video game and he ignores you, your neuroception may interpret his behavior as disrespectful and dangerous, sending your nervous system into fight or flight. We can, however, get neuroception wrong. In fact, we often do. And it can have detrimental effects, right? You can believe someone's trustworthy when they aren't, or you can believe that there is danger around you when there isn't. Our bodies have a bias to seeing danger when there is no danger. Our bodies and our brains, right? They're very linked. (laughs) So anxiety is indicative of an overactive neuroception system. If you and your kids have anxiety or your kids have anxiety, it's because you're perceiving danger where there isn't any. So think of the nervous system as having three states like a traffic light. If you feel a situation is safe, the green light goes on. If you feel unsafe, the yellow light goes on. If you feel really unsafe, the red light goes on. Your body changes based on how safe you feel. So what does this have to do with Lauren's feeling of being lazy and unproductive? Well, what she describes in her question shows me that her red light is shining. This red light is the freeze response where she feels like she's going through the motions of her day, but she's not really present. It doesn't feel restful anymore but she doesn't feel like she can change. That sounds like the freeze state of the nervous system. So the green light is social engagement. It's where we feel safe and rested. In this rest and digest state, we have increased facial expressions, increased eye contact, a lilting voice. Our heart rate slows down. This social engagement state helps us to be near our children without wanting to kill our children. (laughs) When we're in this state, we can find amusement in their antics. We can laugh at things. We can be patient. When our nervous system is in social engagement, green, rest and digest, playful state, 
then we don't take things personally. It makes it much easier to, from this state, to plan, strategize, problem solve. Like, okay, you know, I, my kid's addicted to Netflix or my screen. He can't seem to step, put it down. What do I do? Well, you want to solve that problem from this social engagement green light state. The yellow light is the fight or flight state. Our nervous system is expecting danger. This involves flat facial affect, heart rate increase, misreading facial expressions, and misinterpreting the behavior of others. When your kids aren't doing their schoolwork, your brain sees this certain future failure for both you and your kids. Like, you're going to be behind in school next year. You're going to have to repeat this grade. I'm failing as a homeschooling mom because you're going to be so delayed. When your teen spends all day watching Netflix in bed, your neuroception thinks he's ruining his life and he'll, he's not going to have healthy relationships or a good work ethic. He's just going to be a bum. And so our brains in this futurizing and catastrophizing way send our nervous system into the state of fight or flight. And from there, we either want to yell, fight, scream, argue, or we just want to get away and not think about this a walk out the door. I don't want to deal with this. I just like numb out. It's hard when your kids are uh, living with you and you're seeing them every day. If they're the trigger for your fight or flight response and you feel like you can't go anywhere, sometimes we just kind of run away in our heads <laughs> to other activities. So if you've ever watched young kids play sports, this is a great way to see this yellow and green light playing out, okay? So the kids, let's say they're on the soccer field, they're picking daisies, they're enjoying the sunshine, they're just like running around, like little kids who are new to sports, they're in green, they're in social engagement, they think they're just having fun with their friends. But you can watch the parents on the sidelines who are in the yellow state of fight or flight. And they're like, get your head in the game. Focus on stealing the ball. Don't ask permission. <laughs> this isn't play time. This is win. Focus. And so you can watch how both of these states are, you know, in sports, the fight or flight is very helpful, but young kids usually are still in that green playful state. And so this, you can watch this conflict play out pretty easily. The red light, this one is the most, I'm going to say debilitating because it's really reserved. It's from a very primal part of our brain. It's the freeze state implying certain danger. Like it is, you know, play dead, shut down, your life is on the line. And so when we have a traumatic experience, very often this is the first, this is the way we cope. Some kids naturally are freezers more. Like, I don't know if there's a relationship. Like, my son had a stressful birth and he has a natural, he's very quick to freeze uh, when he gets stressed or somebody yells at him, for like, example, his mother. And so it's good to know that about your kid. Like, are they likely to go into fight, flight, or freeze when they get scared? And you can, you know, Watch this and see what happens if you yell at them. What happens if they get scared about something? Which one of those do they tend to go into as their default? So from the freeze state, you might be able to like 
act friendly, but you don't feel friendly on the inside. You're kind of disassociating because you don't feel safe. It feels very dangerous. This free state is a self-protection. You get cloudy thinking, difficulty concentrating, and slow movements at any at all. I remember like as a kid, people would yell at me like, hurry up, come on, we got to go. And I could not move faster. In fact, it made me move even slower. So it was not the right thing to say to me if you wanted me to move fast. Like I just, it slowed me to a snail's pace. And so now I recognize I'm not purposefully doing it. When you're the mom, it looks like you are. It looks like your kids are purposefully dragging their heels and it just makes you go into the fight state, but your kid might be in the freeze state. So from the free state, tasks seem monumental. So if you were getting up in the morning and you just feel daunted by your day, everything feels arduous and taxing and, you know, getting your kids on their Zoom calls and trying to figure out what they're supposed to do and how you're supposed to squeeze in these, you know, virtual work meetings and taking care of your own. Like if everything seems overwhelming, that's your sign that you're in the red freeze state. Your nervous system has taken over. It doesn't ask you for permission. It just does it. It's not your fault. Your body is getting physical rest. Like your body's not moving like a, you know, possum (laughs) in the street or something. It might be playing dead. The body's not moving, but it doesn't... It's not actually getting rest. So if you feel like your body's not moving, but you don't feel rested, that's because you're in fear. And so what might be happening is you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. So healthy humans bounce between green and yellow states with ease. The reason that play is so important for kids is that it teaches them to glide between these states. When we move from red to yellow to green, we create resilience. That means we can handle anything that comes our way because we can shift easily from one state to the other. My hunch is that Lauren's feeling this way because her red light is on and she is stuck in the freeze response. So my life coaching answer is, well, I want what you see in Lauren's question is a whole lot of judgment and pressure everyone else is doing better than me. I want to make the most of this time. Like think about just for a minute, pause and think about how pressuring that feels of like, I want to make the most of this time. I should be grateful. I'm lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. I should just be appreciating what I have. I got this extra time with my kids. I should be enjoying it. Can you feel how much pressure that puts on somebody? I feel lazy, she says. She has judgments and pressure. She could be in the fearful free state because of coronavirus too, right? Like she might be freaked out. Who knows? Like for sure that is possible. But definitely she is scared because she has, I can hear it, a very mean drill sergeanty type of voice inside her head ready to beat her up for not living up to some perfectionistic quarantine expectations. So the first step is just to recognize that her nervous system is not letting her do anything. This is a natural reaction to a hostile environment. 
When you believe you are in danger of getting beat up by your inner drill sergeant, the most important step is to seek safety. So let's say she decides she's going to be productive and she cleans out a closet (laughs) and then she's got stuff spread all over the house and she feels tired. Well, this inner drill sergeant is going to like, see, you're useless. You can't do anything right. You just made a huge mess. You should have thought of this early. You shouldn't be tired. You should clean up right now. Like when you have that kind of mean voice in your head, it's hard to take on new challenges. So she's going to want to make sure that she has time every day for things that create a feeling of safety. Curling up on a couch with a good book, sitting by the fire, petting the dog, taking a bath, walking in nature, something that where she feels safe and comfortable and joyful is the first thing to do. The trick is to do it without guilt or pressure. So right now, her inaction isn't restful because she has too much fear, guilt, and pressure. How long can you enjoy restful sensory pleasures without guilt? Can you do it for five minutes a day? If so, then start there. Okay. So think about something that makes you feel safe. Maybe it's taking a bath, something that with light, lighting candles, playing soft music, really creating an environment of safety at least twice a day for five minutes. That's the first step. The second step is to get your body moving. So instead of trying to shift from red, freeze, play dead state to the green, social engagement, happy, place, playful, you want to actually move through the yellow zone first. So to try to go from red to green doesn't work as well, but if you can get into yellow, then you can get to green. So deliberately moving your body can activate the fight or flight response. Wiggle your fingers and toes. I mean, it could be so simple. You know, shake your legs, run around the block, punch a pillow, right? Fight mode or flight. So it could be doing a dance. It could be kickboxing. Just punch the air, do anything to move you from frozen red state into the yellow state of fight or flight. If you've ever seen an animal in the wild go into the freeze response, the first thing they do after is they run and shake like crazy. I remember this happened to my dog. We were out walking and she got attacked by another dog who was off leash. And it came over and just clenched down on her neck with its teeth or whatever, would not let go for, I don't know how long, felt like forever. And she was just frozen. And then finally the dog lets go and she runs as fast as she can. She is out of there and then just shakes, shook it all off. Now I get home and I'm freaked out. Like I am so upset and traumatized by this attack that the dog was over it way longer than I was. Then I started Googling, like, what do you do after your dog's been attacked? And it, it kept saying, like, that really what happens is that the owner carries the memory and starts to, the dog picks up on the owner's anxiety. And that's totally what happened. Like, any time after that, I saw a dog off leash, like, my, a fight or flight response. My 
you know, nervous system would go into yellow just automatically. I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't, I didn't now believe that every off-leash dog was a hazard logically, but my nervous system did. And so I would get all anxious. I'd pick up my dog and carry her. She's little. And it was really valid. Like what the internet said would happen. totally happened. The dog had completely forgotten it because she shook it off. She ran it off. And I did it. So what I should have done in hindsight is put the dog safely back in the house and then gone for a run myself while thinking about processing this trauma you know, running off the dog attack (laughs) and coming home, shaking my body, getting a good sweat on, dancing it off, but like kind of also thinking like I'm releasing the energy of that probably would have been very healthy. So in this circumstance for Lauren, it's time she embraced the fear and found an activity to move her from red into the yellow fight or flight state. Like she's scared anyways, it's already there. Let's get her body moving and shift her closer to the green. We don't want her hanging out in this yellow fight or flight state for long. It's really bad for our bodies to be in a 24-7, even though so many of my clients are. Certainly compromises the immune system, mommies. <laughs> That's a motivator for you to try life coaching. Like, let's do it. Let's get out of that yellow state and into the green because our, your health depends on it. So... Too much time spent here. It's going to compromise your immune system, rob you of creativity, patience, and joy. We just want to be able to move through the red, into the yellow, into the green, that rest and digest state of social engagement. From here, we can view our world as a friendly one. We don't take our kids' misbehavior personally. We don't futurize and catastrophize. We have access to our calm and resourceful higher brain that connects us with our values and our desires. Like, what do we want to feel? What do we want to think? So if the first step is to create five minutes a day of safety or five minutes twice a day of safety, and the second step is to go into the fight or flight state on purpose, deliberately moving your body with fear, allowing fear to come along for the ride. The third step is to deliberately take deep breaths. So after the doing some sort of physical exertion in the yellow state, that can help you take deep breaths, right? That's why like yoga, meditation, and and exercise is so helpful because it helps your breathing. But you can also then deliberately say, okay, that's done. I finished my exercise. Now I'm going to do some deep breathing with some long, slow exhales. This is one part of the autonomic nervous system that we have control over. How we breathe shifts our nervous system into a, or can shift it into a green, relaxed state. So if you do breathing meditations, Tai Chi, chanting, all of those things are working with the breath. They're wonderful in helping you shift into social engagement. Just notice, if you have ever done a yoga class, notice how you feel afterwards compared to before. That's just your nervous system is calming down. This is the state your higher self is yearning for, where you can find amusement, creative problem solving, and have more fun. Once 
you're calm, then we can start working on these pressurizing thoughts that are coming from her inner drill sergeant, right? So our culture has really bought into the idea that productivity is the key to a successful life. When you've got the whole globe slowing down, (laughs) this ideology that if I'm not producing, I have no value. Oh my goodness, it's getting triggered and it's time to let it go. This idea that we are good if we work hard and that play is a luxury, this concept has cost us a nation of overwhelmed, exhausted moms and anxious teens too. It is time to take off the pressure. And this is what we do in life coaching. You know, I've talked about it in other episodes of like how to work with that mean inner critic, that mean voice inside your head that says, you're not doing enough. You should be doing everything perfectly. It should look like this. Your kids should behave this way. Like that, all that pressure We've talked about other episodes, so I thought this time I want to talk about the nervous system. So the goal is to move freely and fluidly into and out of the yellow and green states, saving red for the most dangerous and severe real-life circumstances. We are not taught how to do this, so we get stuck. Play is the tool we need to move our nervous system from green to yellow and back again. So today's Supermom Kryptonite is thinking of play as a luxury rather than a necessity. I hear clients say it all the time. I need to be more productive. I have to get it done. Well, oh, this is another one, classic one. If you're well enough to lean, you're well enough to clean. <laughs> uh, I should be getting up early to work out. This culture we have been indoctrinated into makes it seem like play is a luxury reserved for the unique individuals who actually get through every item on their to-do list. This never happens. If you think, I have so much to do, then you're going to find evidence to prove that's true because your to-do list will never end. You'll just keep coming up with more and more things. This belief causes us to lose our resiliency and to perceive danger when there isn't any. Play is the cornerstone to a healthy nervous system, a healthy immune system, and great emotional and mental health. It's also part of our building's healthy social relationships. In play, one of my favorite nonfiction books, Dr. Stuart Brown defines it as having these qualities, stepping out of normal routine, finding novelty, being open to serendipity, enjoying the unexpected, and finding pleasure in the heightened vividness of life. Doesn't that sound lovely? (laughs) Well, this is a tough state to get into when you are afraid. You don't want to step out of your normal routine, find novelty, be open to the unexpected when you're scared. All those things sound terrible. When we're in the red free zone, Oh my gosh, like we want to find easy, gentle ways to get play back into your life. If you've got resistance to rest, play, all those kind of slower paced things that aren't linked with productivity, then start small. we got to baby step this. And one way you can start small is by making work more fun. Like let's combine something you think is productive with play. Watch Netflix while brushing your teeth. 
<laughs> then it's like, okay, this brushing my teeth, that's something I should do. And so I can bring some joy and playfulness into that activity. You know, watch Netflix while you're taking a bath or read a book in the bathtub. So that you're combining work with the play. Play music while cooking. Find one thing you can do with your kids that feels like play to you. So if you don't like reading books, try playing a game, a board game, card game. Uh, if you don't like building block towers, then, you know, try, I don't know, going outside and going for a walk. So find something that feels playful to you so that, because then we also have that voice in our heads that says, oh, this is a good mothering activity. Like, I mean a good mom by playing with my kids. So it feels sort of noble. <laughs> so work your way into these wonderful sensory activities that are good for your soul, but have no practical purpose or goal, like doing a puzzle. Like that's something that's kind of good for your soul, good for your brain, but isn't productive. The more you start to incorporate play into your life, the less likely you are to get stuck in the fight, flight, or freeze mode. So if you don't have resistance to play, by all means, bring in more opportunities to play. If you like doing arts and crafts, if you like going hiking and exploring, whatever feels like play to you, maybe it's a collection, maybe it's just watching TV. You just want to start allowing yourself to do more of it and making sure there's no guilt, no pressure, and it's just nurturing to your soul. Today's super mom power boost is to invoke the fight response. If you've got rambunctious kids at home who are going stir crazy, climbing the walls, having lots of energy that they need to release, driving you crazy because like some kids, you know, they act up for attention, for excitement, out of boredom. So if you've got kids who are misbehaving and you think that might be their motivation, this is for you. But it's also for you if you feel like you're in that freeze state, just kind of going through the motions, not really fully engaging or feeling alive. That's a, a response to trauma that is not appropriate for the situation, right? So we want to move into fight or flight and get your body moving. And so sometimes fighting is the way to do that. So the easiest way to invoke the fight response in you and your kids is to just lay down on the floor. I don't know what it is about a parent laying on the floor, but the kids just come over and pounce. <laughs> it's like an invitation to play, wrestle. And for you, both of you, wrestle, roll around, pin them down, squish them with your body, you know, put them in a headlock between your legs, whatever. Just this rough housing play is so good for their nervous systems as well as your own. Take wet washcloths and throw them hard onto the ground. Even better if you can get up like higher on a ladder or stand on a balcony and just kind of slam it as hard as you can. Pull a mattress off the kid's bed, put it in the living room and watch your children rustle like wild puppies. Blow up balloons and you can sit on them, squeeze them between your arms and legs till they pop, like use your own body to force them to pop. 
Stomp on cardboard boxes, aluminum cans, howl like coyotes, <laughs> have a contest to see who can throw a plastic fork onto the lawn the farthest. So imagine if you're throwing a plastic fork, you got to use a whole lot of force and energy to get it out. Drag each other from room to room, <laughs> either on blankets or just laying on the ground. You can sweep your floor this way. Put a, I don't know, a jacket on your kids. Just drag them around the floor. You'll be amazed how dirty your jacket is afterwards. Doesn't work so as well on carpet, but you can still do it. Uh, hang your kids upside down by their ankles. So good for the brain. Helps them learn to read. Notice how much kids, anything kids naturally do, they like hanging upside down. They like spinning around in circles till they get so dizzy they fall over. Hmm, not a big surprise that that helps your children learn to read. Have the kids put on like dad's clothes or whoever has the biggest clothes and put pillows under their shirts and then bump tummies like sumo wrestlers. <laughs> Let them cling to your ankles and try to walk on the hard floors while dragging them. Ripping and tearing up old phone books, magazines, newspapers. Just really go to town on tearing up. Make a huge mess on the floor you can, of course, have the kids sweep them up afterwards. But this is a really great way when we're seeing the destruction of the systems in the world as we knew it kind of collapsing around us. It's kind of a nice metaphor for like being able to let go of things, let go of the old, make a giant mess and sweep it up and notice how you feel afterwards. It's kind of refreshing. Not only is roughhousing and physical play good for stressed out moms who are, might be in that numb freeze state, it stimulates neural growth in the brain for your children, the, the part of the brain that's responsible for memory, learning, language, and logic. So you want to do some homeschooling? <laughs> Wrestle with your children. Drag them around the house. When I worked as an intervention teacher for kids who were delayed in the reading and the math, I always started with the gross motor skills, learning to jump and bounce a ball and throw and catch. Kids learn to read so much faster once the corpus callosum is closed. So you, connecting the two hemispheres of their brain, they really can't learn it unless the two parts of the brain are talking. And the activities that get these two hemispheres of the brain communicating are things like swinging, spinning, hanging upside down, balancing on one foot, balancing and catching balls, jumping on trampolines, riding bikes, general roughhousing. Pretty much things that kids under seven naturally gravitate towards will set up their brain in order to learn how to read much more quickly. You could spend a year doing k a t with the first grader and or just wait a year let, do lots of gross motor activities and some fine motor activities too. Tearing things up is a good fine motor activity. Try again a year later and they pick it up in a heartbeat. So that's my tip for the day. As you find fun ways to move your body and work up a sweat, make sure not to turn this play into a pressure-filled activity that you should be doing. <laughs> do not be laying on the couch watching Netflix saying, I should be wrestling with your kids because that just adds on more pressure and keeps you stuck in freeze mode. Okay. So no pressure, no shoulds, just get up and find something fun and playful. Today's quote of the day is by Dr. Stuart Brown. 
I have found that remembering what play is all about and making it a part of our daily lives is probably the most important factors in being a fulfilled human being. The ability to play is critical, not only to being happy, but also to sustaining social relationships and being a creative, innovative person. All right, super moms, I will love you and leave you. Hope to see you in the super mom challenge and the Facebook group. If you go on to Facebook, you can search for uh, super mom is getting tired and request to join. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.